Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, we actually have a recording from a presentation that Benji Uyama gave to our community. And it's very raw and it's very powerful. And as you can tell by the title, it makes a proclamation at the beginning that it's either going to be the best talk you've ever heard on behalf of High Noon or the worst talk you've ever heard. And then he gives a disclaimer or somewhere in the middle. But he really went for it and he packs a lot of emotion, talks in much more detail about his own personal journey to overcome pornography, but also to mend the relationship with his wife, the sexual relationship with his wife. And again, it's pretty raw, but it's very necessary, I think, to hear because it's the side of marriage that isn't discussed often in public. You only might, if you're lucky, you might hear these tales behind closed doors, but we're gonna open up the doors for you. This was a, a closed event, but Benji went full Uyama on you. So please enjoy this special presentation starring Benji Uyama. I'm trying to answer this question, what can I present in 20 minutes that would be worth everyone's time here? So that's my promise is that this will be the best presentation you ever hear by High Noon, or it'll be the worst presentation you ever hear about High Noon. All right? or somewhere in between, that's okay. Okay, so I thought about what I can present. Can I talk about porn tactics, marriage skills, parenting advice? And then I thought, okay, well, everyone in High Noon is here for a different reason. So I asked a better question. What's something that everyone in High Noon wants, right? Good question. Maybe a better question is why do people join High Noon in the first place? Because I'm trying to get to understand a topic that I can present that I have experience in and knowledge in, and, and I can confidently say with conviction that I've succeeded in but also something that would be relevant to everyone. So I thought about talking about unimaginable growth, success, and happiness, which is what I told Robert is the topic of discussion. However, I realized that I feel like that's a terrible title for a talk because it sounds so hippy-jibby mumbo-jumbo. So this is my new title. How I quit porn so that I can have more focus and energy than I ever imagined and how I went from having sex zero times per week, per week with my wife for eight years to having sex two or three times per week and how we're raising our happy and self-aware kids easily and stress-free. Sounds good? Okay, so the better thing I can talk about is not any of that, but a mental framework that has served me well personally to grow in ways that I never thought I could ever grow possible. And I feel like that's a more relevant thing to everyone here. Big disclaimer, I still suck at all this stuff. As a matter of fact, the other night I was sleeping in my bed with my wife and then my son came into the room. He wiggled his way in between my wife and I and he somehow managed to kick me in the face. And I got so angry that I jumped up out of bed and I picked him up and I threw him across the bed and hit my wife who is pregnant. And I just started laughing because I was like, how did, how did I go from sleeping to completely outraged and picking up my son and throwing him across the bed? So I still suck, disclaimer. However, I will admit that I have a very particular ability and tendency to know how to grow and through every situation and know how to help other people grow. And that's what I'm going to present about today. Is that all right with you guys? So this led me on a quest when I was preparing for this talk. What is the most important thing to teach my kids? And I've been thinking about this for the last three or so weeks because I have two kids, one on the way. So I just say we have three kids. And it's a good question to ask yourself because we don't have a lot of time as humans. We don't have a lot of time to, with our families. We don't have a lot of time raising kids. So I was asking, what is the most important thing to teach my kids? Is it to go outside? Is it to teach them about divine principle or to pray or spirituality? Is it to educate them about this or that? Is it to have fun together? Is it to whatever, whatever? So I asked a more specific question. What if I only had two hours per day to raise my children? How would I spend those two children? All right. 
Now, whether you're a parent or not doesn't matter. I think this is a really important question to ask because in reality, we don't have a lot of time with the people that we love. And especially if you're a parent or you're married or you're matched or whatever, you don't have a lot of time to spend with the people that you love. And if you really break it down like this, I really only have about two hours a day of quality time that I can spend with my kids that I have control over. Like apart from the making food and eating food and the, they have their own passions and they have their own projects and they have their own interests and I have work, et cetera, et cetera. There's only about two hours a day that I can really, really like focus intentionally and have with them. Okay, so that's a good question I thought. And then I thought, okay, so a, a deeper question to, than that, if you can follow my train of thought, right? Is what is a successful person? If I'm trying to raise a kid to be a person, what does it mean to be a successful person? And I really got into that. I know many of you probably have thought about this. And most of the things that people say is a successful person is a happy person or is a selfless person or is an empathetic person or is a person that that will eventually be a good spouse and parent, right? These are all good answers or maybe a God loving person. And I wasn't satisfied with any of these answers personally, because for example, happiness is like, all right, what is happiness? Okay. What does selfless mean? Okay. Is being empathetic really the end all be all for raising a child? Is being a good spouse good enough? Is being a good parent good enough? If you just are in your own family, in your own world, if you're a God-loving person, is that enough to be a successful person? If you just love God a lot? I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't satisfied with that person. So I thought about this question, who are the happiest people that I know? And I want to ask you guys this right now, who are the happiest people that you know? Or another way to phrase that, who's the most successful person that you know? And you can think about this, about people that you know in the business realm, people that you know in uh, religious leaders. You can think about people you know in your own community or your own family, or people that you know from history, from the history books. Who is the most happiest person you know? I want you to think about them for a second and think about what is the quality that they have that kind of stands out, kind of is a quality that nobody else really has, or it's kind of rare to find in them. So think about the, I don't know, you can define success and happiness however you want, but think about those people. Okay, so I thought about this. And then I ask an also important question is, who are the unhappiest people I know, right? Think about that for a second. Maybe people in your family you know, maybe you have relatives, maybe you have people who are in your neighborhood or in your tribe or people that you work with here in high noon, right? If you're a facilitator, <laughs> we work with all kinds of people. And who are, and what are the qualities of those people that you believe makes them so unhappy? Or in other words, who are the most unsuccessful people, you know, in whatever that means that you know in your life. So in answering this question for me, in kind of creating this, this uh, differentiation between like the happiest people I know and the unhappiest people I know, I've come to the conclusion personally, and this is what has helped me, is that the people that are the happiest and most successful in the world are the people that choose to seek growth, no matter what. People who choose in every situation, no matter where they are, no matter what they go through, no matter what failures or setbacks that come their way, no matter who their parents are, no matter what family they're on, no matter what addiction they have, they choose to grow no matter what. They choose to seek out what can I do better? What can I learn? And how can I improve and take 100% ownership and responsibility for this situation? Those are the people that succeed because it doesn't matter who their parents are. It doesn't matter what environment they grew up in. It doesn't matter what school they went to. It definitely doesn't matter how much money they have. If someone chooses to grow, no matter what, they will succeed because they will always figure out what they can do better. In other words, owners of Tunnel Gook. You know what I'm saying? So to me, this was more clear, a goal for parenting. So if I had two hours to spend with my kids a day or with my wife, the goal is how can I help foster in my children this desire to seek growth in every situation? Because if I can do that for them, it doesn't matter what happens in their life because I have very little control over how their life turns out. Very little control. Maybe when they're in my house, yes. But after that, I have no control over what happens to them in their life or what they go through. 
But if I can teach them the quality of seeking out growth, then I feel like I will have done a good job. And I feel like at the end of the day, my children will not say, oh, my dad was a crappy dad. He was a terrible dad. He didn't play catch. He didn't play baseball with me. He didn't tell me, teach me how to ride a bike. He didn't do all this. But they'll say, hey, my dad wasn't perfect. But hey, what am I going to do about that? And I'm not going to blame my situation or anything like that. So this led me on a journey to discover this thing that, that I created for you guys. And for me, actually, to help me understand the growth equation, like how to help foster this, this ability and this uncanny ability to grow. Let's take a step back for a second and figure out what this word grow means, because it's kind of like a very woo-woo type of word that we throw around a lot. It's, it's many things, but to me, it's like growth is just simply put, it's you having one perspective and then developing into another perspective, having one belief and then changing into another belief. For example, in high noon world terminology, if someone goes into an Ascend porn recovery program, and they have the perspective, oh, I'm a piece of garbage because I have this habit. I'm a shameful, I can't tell anybody about this, and I'm just going to be addicted for the rest of my life. And they go through the program, and they, they come out with it with a different perspective. Oh, I'm not a piece of garbage. I'm actually loved, accepted, and approved of no matter how many mistakes I've made in my life. And on top of that, I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God, and I'm full of potential, and I can quit this, this porn thing. That's growth. That's simply having one perspective about yourself, about the world, and then changing it to a new perspective. So this equation is how to expedite and guarantee growth in the fastest way possible. So I made this for myself and I specifically kind of tweaked it to figure out a way to explain to people who are dealing with porn addiction, how they can kind of fast track their recovery, but it really does apply to anyone who is trying to seek out growth. And I'll explain some different examples here. All right. So this equation that, that I made with disclaimer, it works for me and I've seen it work for men. You can take it or leave it, but I feel like this is something that really does work. It, it's worked in my life, right? It's not the solution. It's a solution. Let's put it that way. Okay. So it's your values times your daily habits times your self-awareness divided by your false beliefs equals growth. All right. So I'll break this all down. The goal of this equation is to increase the output of all these top parts of the equation and to decrease the output of the bottom half. So make this zero and make these as high as possible. And that equals growth. So values, and we'll use porn as an example, just, and then you can kind of utilize it and project that onto other goals that you might have, right? Your values is your vision. Like we talk about, Andrew, the North Star. Your values are who the man or woman that you want to be. It's your, and, it's, and, and if you have values that are so clear and crystal clear to you, then growth becomes easier because there's a discrepancy. If you have these values, like I want to be a man or woman that doesn't have porn in my life, that is, has sexual integrity, that has confidence, that stops living with shame and hypocrisy and torment. If I want to be that and my actions are, I'm living a life in isolation and watching porn and masturbating, there's a dissonance. There's a discrepancy between the values and your actions. But the higher you raise those values in your North Star and it becomes clearer, the easier it is to quit porn because that dissonance is so painful. And that's why people decide to change. That's when the moment when people decide to join a program is because that shame and that torment is so painful that they want to join and it forces you to do something. All right. So that's part of this equation is increasing your North star, your vision, your values, so that you have this natural desire to quit and to get rid of it. Cause it's just too much for you to bear. What happens when people have low values, for example, with porn recovery, as an example, in masturbation, what happens with people don't have a vision for what they want? And they think, oh, it's nice, it's fine, it's natural, it's normal. Everyone's doing it. Masturbation is the most natural thing in the world. What happens is that people live in denial. What happens is people have addictions, but they live in denial. And this is why two people who have the exact same addiction level, person A and person B, can have the exact same frequency of the addiction, but have different values and have different responses to their habit is because their values are different. 
Does that make sense? Because a religious person typically will have higher values, not all the time, but generally speaking, will have higher values and a higher North Star for themselves, which is causing them this torment that wants helps them to want to quit. But people who have no values and no standard don't struggle with the shame of porn and they just kind of live in denials like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's natural. Your daily habits, we talk a lot about this in Heinen, and this is what we keep people accountable with in our groups and our program. If you don't have daily habits, then you're just going to find yourself back to the old habits, back to the old way of being, because you have nothing that's kind of jolting you every day, nothing that's reminding you of why you're doing this thing, why you are spending time with strangers on the internet to figure out how to beat this porn and masturbation thing or whatever you're trying to achieve. So daily habits obviously is an important thing to increase the optimization of self-awareness. Back to the porn example. We know already that porn and masturbation is not triggered by external factors, right? When I asked people this week, what was your biggest trigger if they had a mistake or had a relapse? Most of the time people will say, what? Oh, I saw something on Instagram. I saw something on YouTube and it triggered me. And then I went down this rabbit hole and eventually acted out because that is an uncontrollable desire to watch porn and masturbate, right? But actually it's nothing to do with the external trigger, right? I think we, a lot of you have understood that if you've battled a porn habit is that it's more to do with your emotional state of being at the moment that you saw something that was external and trigger. So there's an internal trigger that's happening before the external trigger. And to prove this point, Sometimes you're on Instagram or wherever you usually see something sexual and you feel really aroused by it and you feel triggered to kind of keep watching. And then sometimes on other occasions, you don't even notice the people at the gym when you go to the gym. And sometimes you really do notice people at the gym. So that means there's something that's going on inside that's not the external factor. The external factor has really very little to do with your relapse or the cycle of addiction, but it's more to do with your internal state of how are you doing emotionally in those moments? How filled up do you feel that day? And that's why emotional awareness is key so that you can cut out the anxiety, the stress, the frustration, the boredom, the depression, whatever emotional mood regulation crutch you use to go back to porn masturbation. And when you do that and increase that, you have better self-awareness and that's how growth is made. Okay. Again, disclaimer, this works for me. So if this is making sense to you guys, give me a thumbs up. Let me know. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player, or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show. So divided by your false beliefs. Now, false beliefs, in my opinion and experience, is the fastest way to fast track success in growing because most people focus on this stuff, the daily habits, the values, your vision, being aware, but very little people focus on the false beliefs that we all have. And I think the reason for that is because a belief is a belief because you believe it and you never question your beliefs because you believe it's true. So this is why it's notoriously hard to break beliefs that you have because you believe it's true. So let me give you an example. I'll give you more examples. That's not just about porn and masturbation, guys. Don't worry. But an example is when someone joins a porn recovery program, Ascend, a common belief people have is quitting porn is really hard and it's going to be very, very difficult to do. And it's going to take a long time to do. That's a belief that almost everybody has. The thing is, if you go into a program with that mentality of this is really hard, it's going to take a long time to, to quit. How does your behavior follow? probably it follows that trend of, of thinking and probably you're not going to exceed as fast as if you just didn't have that belief in the first place. So it kind of takes a little bit, bit of a delusional belief. Like I can do this, right? If I told you guys, you know, you can have six pack abs in three months, 
Some of you are like, yeah, that looks possible. Some of you are like, no, it's impossible, right? So if you said it's impossible to, for me to have six-pack abs in three months, guess how your behavior would follow? You wouldn't try, right? You would not even try. But if you believed, you know what? I'm going to believe this guy because lots of people have done it, that I can have six-pack abs in three months. And guess what's going to happen? Your behavior will follow that you're going to put your best foot forward. And the very least, you're going to have four packs. At the very least, you're going to be less overweight than you are right now. So it's the people that challenge their beliefs that really succeed and grow. And especially with porn recovery and the things we talk about ascend. And if you tell me I can't quit porn because it's going to take a long time, I would ask, why do you believe that it's going to take a long time to quit porn? Like, honestly, for you guys that are still struggling or masturbation, right? Well, because it took me a long time to come where I am. It's going to take me a long time to quit. It's like, okay, is that true? Tell me why. Well, because I need to recover and I need to heal and it takes time to heal. And then I would say, okay, great. So heal and do all that. But why does that mean you need to keep porn in your life in order to heal? You see what I'm saying? It's a belief. And as long as you have the belief, your behavior will follow that. So that's why the fastest way to change your habits and behavior and to grow is to challenge your beliefs and get really good at that. And anytime you speak something that is unproductive or negative, you say, huh, why do I think that? Why do I think this is going to be hard? Because if something's true, if a belief is absolutely true, it has to be true for everybody all the time, 100% of the time, right? If something is absolutely true. But we know it's not true that porn has to be this long, painstaking process. We know that's not true because people quit porn all the time. And anyone who has quit porn or masturbation, at one point, they just didn't watch porn and masturbate anymore, right? Think about it like that. It wasn't this weaning off process where they just watched porn once a month and then every two months and then every three months. And then it's like, no, they just gave it up. So why can't that be for anybody else? So this applies to many different areas. I'm going to go through some different examples and then we'll wrap up. I was talking to a guy the last weekend. We were having this conversation in our community here in North Carolina. And the conversation was, what's something you've always wanted to do, but you've never done it? Why, you, why haven't you done it? And he said, I've always wanted to write a book about my life. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Really? So why haven't you done it? He's like, well, I can't write. And as soon as I, he said that, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I really drilled this guy. And then after our conversation, I sent him a list, a bunch of articles about people who are mentally retarded that have written books. I know that sounds extreme, but I sent him this article of people who are mentally disabled that were able to write best-selling books to prove to him that you don't need to be a good writer to write a book. And if you want to read a book, write a book, then do it and figure out a way to do it because many people do it. And then he said, well, if I had the time. So then I sent him an article about how much time does it actually take to write a book? Because he has these beliefs of like, oh, a book has to be like 300, 400 pages. And I was like, no, it doesn't have to be that long. Why does it have to be that long? Another North Star some people might have, I want to get crazy fit, like fitter than I've ever been before. If we look back at this equation thing here, right? Bear with me for a second. If you have a vision that's really clear about who you want to, where you want to be and by what time, the chances of you growing to that is going to skyrocket. If you have the daily habits that actually match it and they just go to it and get it done, yeah, you're going to succeed. But you have, if you have no goal and no values and no vision for yourself, you're not going to do it. Because you're going to go in there, you're going to be like, oh, this is hard. And you're going to come to me and like, oh, it's really hard to be in gym. And I'm going to say what? I'm going to say, yeah, it's hard to get in, fit, get in shape and get fit. But what's harder? Going to the gym or staying unhealthy and fat your entire life? It's like, choose your difficulty. Quitting porn is really hard. Yeah, maybe it's hard. But so is being addicted your whole life and being controlled by a habit that you know is bad for you. Choose your hard. Choose your difficulty. Anyways, I'm not trying to be aggressive to you guys. I'm just feeling, I'm just feeling this, all right? Because I'm sick and tired 
of having these conversations. I want to do this, but I can't write. I don't have time. I want to get fit, but the membership is too expensive. I'm too old to get fit. Feeling fulfilled and happy in your marriage, in your relationship. That's what you want. Like I said before, my wife and I had sex zero times a week for the first eight years of our marriage. It sounds crazy here saying that out of my mouth. I know, but that's true. And now it's like, I never thought we'd be here today. And why is that? Because I have always been committed to growing no matter what and never blaming my wife, never blaming my situation. I did for a long time. And that's why we were stuck. But I learned how to grow out of that. And basically using this equation, I learned how to be more clear about what kind of man I want to be. Do I want to be the man that's edgy and complains all the time if my wife is not sexual? Or do I want to be a man who is unconditionally accepting of who she is in her own unique, beautiful way? Do I want to have the daily habits of just complaining, whining all the time? Or do I want to have the daily habits of actually working on this relationship little by little so that we can actually see success and have the self-awareness that, man, I'm not doing everything I can, right? And many years, I promise you, I did blame her and say, oh, this, you know, you're the worst. She's the worst. And she's just doing everything wrong until I was like, man, I think I'm the problem actually. And I like honestly believe that now, like I was the problem. And then I reached out for help because I had a little bit of self-awareness to realize that I was actually causing this dissonance in our relationship that caused us to not be intimate. Right. And I had many beliefs that were false. One belief I had was my wife will never want to be intimate with me. And I just accepted that as truth. I did for a long time until I met high noon and talked with people like uncle David and Andrew, when those beliefs were shattered. And I realized, man, actually we can come to the place where we're having a good quality relationship multiple times a week. Numbers don't matter, by the way, but that's just a metric that, that we have. And we can be perfectly happy and satisfied. And you can ask my wife how she's doing, how we're doing sexually. And it's night and day, right? So after coming through that experience with my wife, I, I'm just grateful to be where we are. You know, like once you grow to a certain extent, you just are grateful to be where you are and you don't want to ever go back, you know? And you just want to see what's next. Like what, what's next? How more can I improve my relationship with my wife? How more can I have a better, more quality, God-centered sexual relationship with my wife? And that's what happens when you, when you grow. So this is not a me at the pulpit. This is, like I said, huge disclaimer. I'm still a shitty person. I make mistakes, but this has served me well. And I really hope that it, it can serve you guys. So if you want to take these actions, you can. How can I optimize the growth equation in my own life and try that out? If this equation made sense to you, you can try it out and see how you can optimize these. Because maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're stuck with something. In your life, whether it's your development, your relationships, your career. If there's just one thing you can get from this, it's possible you have a belief that's not serving you. Maybe a belief is limiting your, I don't know, your career or your income or your relationship with your parents or your matching or your, your whatever. So anyways, just some food, soup, food, food for thought. And what I think would be helpful is if you tell someone what you learned from this presentation, if you did learn anything, and that's the fastest way that I've learned to, to kind of digest something is just to talk to somebody about it. All right. Okay, that's all I have for you. Thanks for your time. I think I went over time. God bless. Hello, everybody. Andrew Love here for one last announcement, and that is I encourage you to join our newsletter. We don't spam people. We give you the goods. We give you good quality information once a week in your email. And so we send out newsletters probably Saturdays mid-morning on average. And these are filled with blogs, the latest content, everything you need to know in order to get through your week with high noon light. 
So let us light up your inbox. Join our newsletter by going to highnoon.org. It's all right there. It's super easy. We won't spam you. We just want to let you stay connected to this High Noon Providence. So go to highnoon.org and sign up for our newsletter.